I'm Amanda. And I'm Mike. And this, this is Saturday, Saturday Morning, Morning Cereal. What's up, everyone, and happy early Halloween. We are back with our Halloween episode, and I want to welcome back Serial Fam, KG, Kevin, back to the podcast. Hey, hello. If you guys forgot, Kevin is a huge horror movie fan, just like me. And I mean, Mike, you're not really a horror movie fan, but here you are. I'm here. (laughs) I was trying to get him to watch The Exorcist last night. No matter how cheesy I was trying to sell the film, you just wouldn't do it. (laughs) I I don't like possession movies. Yeah. Why? Neither do I, but I often do try to sell the film as cheesy when I'm trying to convince somebody to watch something scary. So I, I got that tactic, Amanda. I hear you on that. I literally pulled up clips on YouTube <laughs> and I was like, see, and I'm like laughing. And you thought like something was funny. It was the part where she like, her head is like going back and forth. A lot of people put music over that, like <laughs> head banging, like rock music. It's so funny. Oh, but... Man. To start off, we are going to talk about, and what did you call it, Kevin? The Basically, the train wreck that is Halloween ends. Yes, the dumpster fire. In yes. Opinion. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I hate to start on such a negative, but uh, yes, I found it to be quite the dumpster fire. I mean, that's okay, because we love these movies, and... I was very disappointed in how this whole movie played out and the direction it went because the first movie in this trilogy was great. I loved it. Same. Second movie. Okay. Like it, it it was fine. Right. And I think we talked about it last year, if I'm not mistaken. And I liked it. I I know a lot of Mm -hmm. people didn't like it. I, I thought it was very true to Halloween. You know, he's walking around town and killing people. It totally was like Bride of Frankenstein, 1935. It felt very, um out of the house onto the world and it just i just felt like it did a great job and then this one was Mm -hmm. at all i didn't feel like it picked up where we left off right yeah i agree i to start off i was so confused with this whole direction of having this kid become kind of like the neighborhood babysitter killer but it's almost like he got possessed by Michael Myers. Yeah. And I'm like, but Michael Myers is a lone wolf killing person. Like he he's a mer- like a complete serial killer. Lone wolf, blah, blah, blah. But all of a sudden we're getting into this niche of possession in this film. Like, why are we changing the tune of it? Right? And it's not the first time Halloween's done that. They tried to do that with part three. They tried to do it with part six. They even kind of with part five, were trying to do it a little bit. And um, each time they did it, they were criticized for it. And this time they did it even more than they've done it in the past. And I just was so, I remember distinctly thinking about 40 minutes through the film as I was watching it for the first time, thinking, how are they going to connect this back to Michael? Because I have no idea what's happening right now. Like, I really don't know what's going on. Like, I I know what's going on, but I, is this, did I walk into the wrong theater? Right. There was really, it it wasn't, 
a look and feel of your typical Halloween movies. It was just, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You use the word campy all the time, but I don't think it was really that. But it was more like, they were trying to make it modern with the teenagers. Yes. Yeah. And it just didn't work. Well, you can't. Yeah. And not only modern, but they were forcing so many characters, so many unlikable characters onto us that were just being set up yes. to build. And it was just so silly. And nobody goes around town and just shouts at people like that. That doesn't, I mean, if that does happen, maybe it does happen, but I don't know of a town where it happens like multiple times in a day. Like, are these four teenagers just, you know, driving around following this kid so that they can heckle him all day? I mean, they obviously would have a life too. Just everything just seemed very forced and pushed. Mm -hmm. And we're led to believe after Halloween kills that he's stronger than ever because the more people he kills, the stronger he is. Well, he's weaker than ever when we pick up mm -hmm. in this film. And I just don't get why they did what they did. I would love to have a sit down and figure out what was on their brain because I, I really have no fucking clue. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, because I immediately at the beginning of the film when, and everyone probably should have seen this by now, it's on Peacock. That's how I watched it. Yeah. Um, I believe it's still in theaters. And it looks like they had a goal of over $50 million for their box office, but it only got up to like $40 million. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, um, I'm sure the word of mouth had something to do with that because it was pretty mm -hmm. known pretty quickly that it was so weird. Yeah. And yeah, so immediately, like, so I went into this movie knowing that the reviews weren't great, but, you know, I mean, I've seen all of them. I need to finish this one up right mm -hmm. it was just the opening was just again so weird yeah you know where was michael he, michael wasn't even I, I didn't even see any hint or hair from him like he just wasn't around at all and this little boy dies and it's like it was it a freak accident or was it michael myers's influence I think, I mean, I if, if the filmmakers are like, oh, yeah, that's where Michael Myers' influence started, I would be like, wow, you're stretching this thin, honey. You're pulling that cheese so thin it's going to snap any second now because that's ridiculous. I, I thought, oh, this is interesting. They're kind of starting this movie off with this new character and this, this experience that he had. And I'm wondering how this character is now going to come into Michael's world. But mm -hmm. that was not what happened. Michael came into his world. And this is not Corey's world. This is not Boy Meets World, Corey. This is Michael Myers. And uh, I'm so yes. confused. I'm just, I was so confused about Corey. Had he been in the previous two films, maybe I could have bought into this story a little bit better. But I just felt like, also, I don't want to forget to say this. I remember in like 2002 or 2003 when I was watching interviews that Jamie Lee Curtis was doing for Resurrection at the time and her saying how this was such an important chapter in the Halloween stories. And then, you know, 15 years later, her coming out and saying, yeah, I was under contract. I had to do Halloween Resurrection. I had no choice. It's a terrible movie. So now I'm like, well, how under contract is she right now? Because I know she has got to know that this is not a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. And like, is she okay? Is she really okay with that? I don't know. I, yeah, I, I I thought, I mean, she portrayed her character more the same, I felt like. 
but there wasn't enough for her, I think. <laughs> I mean, I know there... I, I don't know. It's just... You have... And then she had her granddaughter and how they were kind of distant in the second movie. And then, like, all of a sudden she is, like, overbearing grandma to her and stuff in a crazy way. I mean, that that is her, but yet... I don't know. I just, I miss, I miss just that character without like any family ties and stuff. Just her yeah, trying to take it, out Michael. It does get convoluted with all the family elements. That makes sense. Yeah. Him. And and again, bringing up Corey, why him? Why did Michael Myers choose him? And that's the other thing. I don't feel like Michael Myers did choose him. I find the whole thing to be very happenstance, which makes me feel very uncomfortable about the story. It's like, he just tumbles into the the tunnel and then all of a sudden i don't know if maybe michael could feel the hostility in him or if that was again we're stretching this like cheese like Mm -hmm. it makes no it makes no sense to me none of it Uh, specifically the fact that michael is so weak and he's just gone but taking one step back it also makes no sense that for 40 years laurie strode is building a safe house and is super protective because of michael myers who she knowingly, who she knows is locked up, yet she's still doing that. But now he disappears after he kills her daughter, and she just decides she's gonna go move to a new house in Hannonfield with no bars or anything. But mm-hmm. Michael's like loose, like he's not even behind like an asylum anymore, and yeah. so just none of the character, none of it matched. Nothing, right. nothing matched up. Yep, nothing. It was like a completely different movie. It wasn't even I. I didn't even know, like, <laughs> the characters at first. I'm like, do I have the right movie on? Because, and then the granddaughter, she was all grown up, and all of a sudden she's working at a hospital, and yeah, I was very, very lost. And But one thing I found really, again, confusing was that homeless man down by the bridge. Mm. Did he, am I remembering this right? Did he say, like, he was Michael Myers- you know what he i don't know what he said he he made some comment about how he in my mind i kind of took that as oh this is a man who's not stable and i think michael has maybe identified that and left him alone similarly Mm -hmm. the way he did it in resurrection um where i think maybe michael sees a kinship with people who aren't necessarily um on what we would categorize as normal behavior Mm -hmm. um but i also felt like that was a stretch like i didn't really i I don't know but then yeah he did say something like oh i'm michael myers um but i don't think that that to me that they they had built up this non-coherent character who was just maybe shouting something random okay i didn't feel like it was connected to See, I see. Here's what I thought happened. I thought that he saw the mask in the tunnel, and then he meets up with this homeless man. But Michael Myers is like somehow seen in this homeless man in Corey's point of view, and like the torch is kind of like mentally <laughs> passed on or something. Well, it, he sees Michael yeah. in the tunnel. Yeah, and it almost looks like Michael's stuck. It, mm-hmm. it, Michael was stuck in between two rocks and then he was like, he grabs at Corey, but he, he couldn't have been stuck because he, he had to drag Corey in to the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Corey in. Um, but yeah, then it's like, they see like this vision and 
I don't know. I And part of me is like, no, nothing's passed on. Part of me is like, Corey saw Michael. Michael saw Corey. I think that maybe they felt some sort of very hostile energy between one or the other. And Michael just let him go. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I didn't feel... And also, there was nothing, like, connected to how Corey was behaving and how Michael was behaving. Like, it didn't feel like Corey was getting stronger and Michael was getting weaker. Mm-hmm. There, I would have liked to have seen maybe that happen, like, to see Corey rising and Michael failing. But it's like Michael's weak, 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 and then all of a sudden he's able to stomp Corey's head in and kill him. I'm yeah. so unclear of – and then he could fight pretty hardcore – with Lori in the kitchen as he did um and i mean too little too late talk about a saying that's so appropriate for this movie you go into this kitchen scene and it's such a good end fight scene um and it's like where was this the whole movie right yeah and another thing i found really weird was the forced romance between Corey and the granddaughter what's what's her name is it Lindsay? Allison. Allison. Gotcha. Allison. Lindsay's yeah. the little uh, girl who does the tarot cards. She's not a little girl anymore, but she was the little girl from the first movie that's the bartender and does the tarot cards in this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, yeah. So. The forced relationship between those two was so unnecessary. I mean, I get it. One thing I do kind of see and, and got the point of was they have like similar outlooks on their town and all that stuff. And it was like interesting to see Allison's character go from like resenting her grandma, resenting the town to accepting like, okay, maybe this wasn't like, maybe it was just all in my head. Maybe I am accepted. And I I mean, I don't know, but again, I don't like the forced romance between the two. What what do you think? You know what? I I loved how horny she was. I was like, <laughs> yes, girl, you do what you got to do. Get your tube packed. I mean, she was horny. And I was very distracted by it, though, and <laughs> to the point where I was, like, kind of laughing because I was like, damn, she is just – she is ready for it. And this boy, he is in the right place at the right time. Um, I definitely think she chose him because of his past and it links up with her past. Um, so I didn't feel that it was necessarily forced, but I didn't feel that it was purposeful. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like on the fence. I mean, I think the, I guess in general it was forced because it wasn't purposeful, but I just think that that was maybe just in general it was like, I just didn't think it, um, yeah. Like, I don't know what the point was, mm-hmm. I don't know what the point of this movie was. Exactly. I just, I get so many questions as I think about this movie, like, but I did like the part though, where, so Allison's in, she works at a hospital and her coworker gets the promotion of the lead nurse because mm-hmm. she's banging the doctor behind mm-hmm. everyone's back yeah. and Corey kills them at the doctor's like vacation home or something yeah uh, that was that was pretty good he was like trying to avenge allison's rejection yeah. <laughs> but Doesn't again michael, though does michael that 
I was going to say, again, though, I think that is the first scene where we see Corey making the kill and then Michael Myers coming in as well and them two working as a team. Right. Which... So, again, that's where I'm like, okay, I, is is Michael feeding this stuff into Corey's mind? Like, you need to go, ki- again, like, I, I don't know. Do they have each other's cell phone number? Do they text each other? Yeah, I know. They keep showing up at the same place. I mean, I, yeah. I it must be that they are linked. They're definitely, I guess they must be linked at this point. But mm-hmm. it feels very, that part feels very forced. Because it yeah. need to have, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to come together in the way that it's supposed to. And then how is he so strong to go there? But then in the next scene, he's, you know, Corey's able to steal the mask away from him. It's not the very next scene, but um, it just feels like the writer and filmmaker were like, okay, we need Michael to be this strong in this scene. We need him to be this weak in this scene for it to make sense for this scene. But then Mm -hmm. they weren't necessarily thinking about the whole movie as like a fluid, um, you know, trajectory. And it was Mm -hmm. funny though, because I did think of Simic quite a bit simic i said oh this might be simic's favorite because it's a buddy movie <laughs> <laughs> why don't we have a buddy movie kg why don't we we should make another movie <laughs> i keep telling you guys you guys need to come up with like something like always sunny in philadelphia the three friends they just came up with something and they did it just they wrote from their hearts yeah <laughs> Yeah, you guys are great. Like you would do it. You could do it. And you know what? I think you just said something really smart about this movie. I don't think there was any heart. I just think that this was yeah. a contract for everybody. I think this was a cash cow. I think that this was, and they were like, let's try something. And it just was so not what we wanted. <laughs> exactly. I, exactly. I feel like they had to get this movie out just to end the trilogy. Yeah. And it was just a forced um, film to be produced and I mean I know maybe the pandemic really didn't help anything but still you know the fans like you and I you know you, you want to keep them engaged you want them to want another trilogy but now it's like I'm good yeah if they're gonna keep doing this the character assassinations and stuff no I'm good yeah I will say in my mind's eye, the only way that you could kill these people, you know, Freddie, Michael, Jason, is to like throw them in a, in a blender and grind them up. And so when they did that to Michael in the end, I was very much like, yeah, that's the way that this was supposed to go for sure. Like that's the yeah. right choice. Like you absolutely need to make a shot of him to like make sure he's gone, gone, gone. Mm-hmm. Um And I was talking to Maddie and Maddie mentioned that one of our friends and Maddie mentioned how um, (laughs) he thinks that Allison may have gotten pregnant because of her hookup with Corey and the mask was left on Lori's front table. And maybe it's insinuating that, you know, there's a new evil that will be reborn, whatever. And I'm just like, yep, the cheese just ripped, but I guess you can go that way if you want to. At this point, I don't think I'd be interested in seeing any other Halloween films that take place after this um, world version. Michael Myers' Demon Baby? No, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm down to go back to, um, you know, if we want to ignore 
6 and up, and we can do a sequel to 5. We could even do a sequel to 4. We could do a sequel to 6. There's so many options. And I think that they should play with it and have some fun because people want that shit right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they should just do it. You want that Michael Myers multiverse storyline, right? Yeah. You want different okay. possibilities. Yeah, and you know, I think with this movie, what really I was became aware of for the first time is that I wasn't really as interested in Laurie Strode as I thought I was. I'm actually yeah. more interested in Michael Myers. And I always thought I liked Laurie Strode better, but Laurie Strode was not in quite a few of them, and I still watched all of them. So... Mm -hmm. You know, I am starting to think. And then when this movie, when he wasn't there for the majority of it, I was like, well, I'm not liking it. I thought that Laurie and Michael Myers were going to give the ending blow to each other. Mm. I thought they were just going to both fall dead at the same time. I was, I, I would, I was going to be so mad if that happened. I've been like, if this movie could have gotten any cheesier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that was a good call. Like, I'm, I am glad that Lori lived and she was able to shred him up. <laughs> so, KG, how would you have ended this? Like, just going off of what had happened in, the, like, the last movie, how would you come into this movie and give this a satisfying conclusion? Well, firstly, I think that the movie, you know, should pick up on him being strong. Um, and I, I get that they had to... They had to go forward in time because of Lori's wounds and she wasn't able to run because she was stabbed in the stomach. So she would have basically been killed if he would have come to her at that in that year. So I get that they had to travel forward in time. Um, but it just, the, so the time jump, I wouldn't have done a four-year time jump. I would have probably been like, yeah, maybe next, the following year. But also the storyline that they built with this new um you know, the new multiverse, this multiverse of it, it just so happens that it takes place on Halloween. Uh, mm -hmm. There's really no Michael connection to Halloween, except for that he just so happened to get free on Halloween, both in 1978 and now in 2018. It's, so theoretically, they could have done a sequel that didn't take place during Halloween. And as a matter mm -hmm. of fact, it's almost kind of far-fetched that it keeps happening during Halloween without there being a purpose. So perhaps in the third one, I would have made there been a purpose for Halloween being a day because they have previously done that. You know, in the multiverse with Josh Hartnett, it was on their 17th Halloween, you know, birthday during Halloween. In um, in um, four, five, and six, it was just going after family members on Halloween because of the Samhain curse. So there was mm -hmm. always something that linked it. And in this multiverse version, there's no reason it's on Halloween. It just is. So I may have answered that question. Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure. I definitely, I don't know. It wouldn't have been like this. It would have been a lot. You know what? It would have been a lot more standard though. So I don't know if a lot of people didn't like that either. So I think in conclusion, I just really missed the whole thing of just them being afraid of Michael Myers for the whole movie. Yes. Just one singular dude doing all these killings on Halloween and people like, you know, Ooh, Michael Myers is going to get you. And then all of a sudden stab, you know, <laughs> like I think that's ultimately because that's what makes these movies so classic is just him doing the stabby stab all the time. And that's it. Yep. 
this movie just was not that (laughs) and i loved kills i loved halloween kills i thought that that was so much fun i loved watching him now of course him randomly running into people that we knew all over town and he just so happened to be with the characters like there were some far-fetched things with halloween kills absolutely but that was the movie we paid for yeah we did not have this this movie and it was not a poorly made film I have another fun anecdote. So I recently, so I watched the movie in theaters and then I watched the movie on Peacock. And to watch it on Peacock, I had to get my subscription again, which I was fine with because there was a bunch of movies I want to watch. So I got my subscription again. All's good with that. And I started watching some of the old Universal Horror Film movies, the -hmm. black and white ones. And one of the ones that I watched was called The Invisible Man's Revenge. And The Invisible Man's Revenge is a, an Invisible Man sequel that has nothing to do with anything from the previous movies. It's all new characters. It's a random guy who's um, kind of obsessed with money and getting what he thinks is owed to him. And it, it really, it, it just, it didn't follow any of the story, but it was so cool. It was such a good movie. And at the end of the movie, it kind of like fizzled out. There were some things that were weak, but the idea that it was so much different than the previous films and I didn't care. And it was the fifth movie in that series. Now that came out in 1945 and I basically saw that whole series, you know, in 2005 or 2006, like I saw it at that time. So it was years and years and years after it came out that I saw it. I wasn't even alive when it came out, obviously. And it didn't bother me. So I was thinking when I watched it, I thought to myself, in 10 years, in 20 years, when people watch these Halloween movies, is this one going to be as jarring to them as it was to us? Mm -hmm. Or going to feel like, oh, okay, that's the way they did this one. Um, Because I really liked The Invisible Man's Revenge, even though it was so wildly different from the Mm -hmm. original films. Um, But... When, when I watched it with Richie, our other friend on Peacock, when we watched Halloween together via Zoom, he had the same reaction as me, where he was just like, where is Michael? Where is the continuity in what this series is? And it was at that moment I realized, maybe this isn't going to be the Invisible Man's Revenge. Maybe <laughs> right. it isn't going to come through. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe just because you had seen the original... Halloween movies when you were younger and you're kind of nostalgic towards them. Maybe in like 20 years, people just go through all the Halloween movies and they'll get to this one and it won't really matter to them because they'll be so nostalgic to everything that's that they're watching. And then a new Halloween movie will come out and they'll hate that one as well. So you're that's exactly what I think it is. Simon. That's what happened with Star Wars. Yeah. Like people love the prequels now. Yeah. But when they first came out, no one, that's no one true. did. That is so true. That is so true. Everybody hated Josh Robbins. Now we love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember That's... I got hated on for having a Jar Jar like squeaky toy from KFC. Oh, yeah. I was like, I love Jar Jar. And everyone's like, that's the worst character. And now people love him. And I'm like, excuse you. <laughs> I know, right? And you know what else always irks me since we are talking about Halloween movies? Tina is like so made fun of from halloween 5 she's one of my favorite characters in halloween ever mm-hmm. and everyone seems to hate her that i talk to They're like oh it's so cheesy she's so cheesy but i love tina 
Do you yeah. Know, do you remember Tina from Halloween Five? She wore. I do. Great, yeah, just fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, you know, she's an asset to the story too. I think so. I mean, I so... guess Rachel would have been better suited to fulfill what that character does. Yeah. I'm not really sure why they killed Rachel off the way they did, but I liked that. Anyways, nothing could be lower on the totem pole for me in the Halloween series than ends. I even mm-hmm. prefer yeah. watching um, Halloween 3. Yeah. Is that the one with Paul Rudd? No, Halloween 6 is the one with Paul Rudd. And Halloween 6 is, in my opinion, the second worst Halloween movie. It is just a little bit better than Halloween ends. I hate that movie. I I just thought it was so stupid. <laughs> it's just so stupid. But you know what it has that Halloween ends doesn't? A normal Michael Myers stalks a bunch of people and kills them story. And yeah. I, you know, you have to have that. Yep. It's like a requirement, after, especially after this movie. I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's our thoughts on Halloween ends. I mean... You know, if you guys seen it and you disagree, please let us know. We would love to have a conversation of just what you thought we might have missed or I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Absolutely. we would love to judge you. We tank. were disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> we were disappointed. But you know what? I still had fun. Yeah, I did. I did, fun. too. I was watching it and there was like I was doing something else, too. Um, and the part where this guy gets his tongue caught off, it was like, ah, you know, it like made me stop everything and just like, yeah, be disgusted for a second. So like, it still had that factor to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Kevin, what kind of movies have you seen this year so far? Well, I have been watching, I'm big on Disney movies, especially scary mm-hmm. Disney movies and scary Disney episodes. Cause I teach third grade. Right, and, and I'm a film major, and I'm also um, an education major. I have two ma- two two things. So um, when I'm teaching, I oftentimes use films to help me teach, um, and specifically films that I grew up watching. And so I've been watching things like Don't Look Under the Bed, yeah, Power of Terror. And um, just like the classic horror Disney movies from the 90s like that is just my favorite. Um, I love it. I, I hosted a Halloween night at my school and we watched Don't Look Under the Bed. And there were 45 kids and we were all in my classroom. And there was a few moms who were, who were you know, serving pizza and popcorn to everybody. And the kids were screaming and they were Aww. like, they were scared, but they were laughing. And it was so much fun. What are you Aww. watching? Man, you know, Kevin, I've said it once and I'll say it again. Those kids are lucky to have you as a teacher. I wish I had you as a teacher in third grade. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't want to. I'm sure you make it a blast. Yes, because I have to be there. So I'm like, yeah, we're having fun. Otherwise, I'm not coming in. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) What have you Well, Well, we just saw um, Barbarian. I did a review on here about that. We weren't too nuts about it. I thought it was okay but mike thought it was very disturbing especially the monster okay i haven't seen it yet i'm really excited to watch it okay that's on hbo max now so you have to watch that um and then we've been watching just some classic horror films mike turned on the fly for me i've never seen the fly it's gross 
it is disgusting yeah. but the storyline was great i had a good it, time yes me too my uncle actually made me watch that for the first time in may and it grossed me out and i have not been able to eat anything that a fly lands on ever since <laughs> i heard a fly flying around in our bedroom and I was, I had to kill it. Like I dropped everything I was doing and I had to kill it. Cause I'm like, if that thing lands on me, gross, I'm not turning into the Jeff Goldblum no. killer fly guy. <laughs> That's so funny. We, uh, we sat down, we watched Tremors. Have you ever seen Tremors? That is the reason I actually committed to Peacock because I wanted to rewatch the whole series. It's one of my favorite B movie series. Yes. Seven of them. All seven of them I love. I had a great time with that one too. Mm-hmm. And the TV show, right? There's a TV show? Did it come out? I thought it was canned. Oh, I don't know what's going on. It's just been so it's like one of those classic movies that was wasn't very successful, but people are so nostalgic towards it and I love it. It's so many a- different spinoffs and everything have you seen the sequels hmm? have you seen the sequels i remember watching up until the tremors were like farting and flying yeah that was the third one that was one of my favorites and then yeah after that it sort of got a little repetitive but i still loved it i think they just made a more recent one that was like back to the roots of the tremors just being in the ground yes i don't know which one that was maybe i'll watch it the last the last um, four of them were kind of like that. They kind of, after the ass blasters, that was what they were called. Um, oh yeah. After part three, when they had the ass blaster, which was the third evolution, they were like, all right, enough. And so then the rest of the movies was just pretty much the worms. But the shriekers and the ass blasters did come in a little bit afterwards, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I had a good time with that movie. Yeah, it's good. Kevin Bacon was great. Yeah. It was just all great. And <laughs> yeah. then uh, we actually just watched Fear Street last night. Oh, oh, is that the three part series on? Netflix? Yeah. Did you we watch still have to watch? Three? No, we still have to watch the second and the third one. But the first one, what do you think, Mike? Was like a modern day scream, but like it was, it, I mean, it was kind of cheesy, but it was very entertaining. It was really well shot. It was like a, a grade A, like B movie. Like, yeah. There were really funny performances and there were great set pieces and it was a slasher movie and all the characters were just awful, awful people, but it was, it was so much fun. Yeah. Like we're watching it. The, the plots got me engaged. Like there's different monsters in every scene. Like it's all tied together with this witch. Like it's great. It's got I, your name all over it, Kevin. You should check it out if you haven't. I loved it. I loved it. I actually oh, you did. Okay. maybe wanting to even rewatch it because it was so good. And I love that girl, uh, Jillian Jacobs. Mm, Jillian, mm, Gillian. I think maybe her name is Gillian, actually. Mm-hmm. From Community? Mm-hmm. The Blonde? I don't know. Okay. She's in, yeah, she was in it. Anyways. Oh, you know what? Maybe you didn't meet her character yet. Probably not. We're all, we only watched the first one. Yes. You'll we still have to watch the second and the third. Yes. Because okay. Sadie Sink is in the second one. Mm, um, yes. Yes. Yeah, the first movie, though, yeah, I really liked Sam. I felt so bad for her. I gotta rewatch it. Like, she was a great character. Was she the one that was killed in the meat slicer? No, that was not her. She was a bitch. Say <laughs> 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 la vie. No, Sam was the one that um got cursed by the witch. Like, she saw the witch and yeah, I really liked her. She was my favorite. Yeah, I have to rewatch that show. That was a good one. 
that was yeah. really good. Is it, is it a show or is it a movie? Like it to me, it felt like a movie. It's like a three part miniseries movie. Yeah, three part. Yeah, okay, yeah. Ministries. It feels it feels like three tiny movies. Like you get a sequel for it. Yeah. Which they're about to do for the Santa Claus, by the way. That's they're making another That's, one with Tim Allen. Yeah. That sounds pretty scary. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait. This is just the year of sequels and remakes, and I'm here for it. Like Hocus Pocus 2, loved. Loved. Mm, okay. Yeah. I would fight anybody who said <laughs> I, like it. I loved it. I mean, I I get why people might not like it, but I just thought it worked. I was happy. You know, this is a really good time for the Hocus Pocus fandom too. Yeah. Like I get so happy for people that get new things in their fandom. And I know Ho- no Hocus Pocus has such like a big following. Yes. So it's like, I'm so happy for all the fans of that. Like, I mean, I, it, it's a decent movie. I don't hate it at all. I just prefer like Halloween town over it. <gasps> oh, um, that is such a good movie. I showed my kids <laughs> that movie this year too, and they were scared. So I couldn't show them the second one. Cause I was like, Oh God. Like I, I watch that movie every year. And Mike and I, every year or two, I tell Mike, like, oh, this one part used to scare me as a kid. And Mike goes, yeah, you told me that last year. (laughs) (laughs) The part with Calabar and the theater, like, that part used to scare the crap out of me. It's scary. I thought I was going to get fired because it was at that moment that one of my students dashed under his desk. Really? I was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. But also we should be able to handle a G-rated movie. Right. <laughs> like, come that on. Was a 90s, that was a hard 90s G, though. That was different was back then. hard 90s G. I mean, it was, yeah. And then for Don't Look Under the Bed, I made them do permission slips. <laughs> yeah. I thought that, that one's scary. Oh, God. Scary. KG, have you ever heard of this movie called Ernest Scared Stupid? No, but is that part of the whole Ernest... Um, series with yes yeah no i've never seen it though we we, i turned it on because it's it's one of the movies i watched because i didn't have disney channel growing up i watched ernest scared stupid instead of like you know the scary disney movies Uh and it's about this troll that comes out of the the ground and like turns children into little sculptures of wood oh and it's and it's got like it's like it for kids Oh. And Amanda was like terrified of how gruesome and like horrifying this troll looks. Like you thought the fly was disgusting. This troll was like uncomfortably disgusting. I wonder if I did see that. What's it called? Ernest scared what? Ernest scared stupid. Scared stupid. I just want to see a picture of the troll. Yeah. Oh, so disgusting. I'm like, God, how in the world? And then yeah, he turns these kids into ch- what it was a carved statues like or whatever. petrified is right yeah yeah and you know very you know because in halloween town they're petrified too but yeah. if you're watching that when you're a kid that's scary you know what this is the movie i did see and then i i remember watching trolls and being like i thought i saw trolls but no it was this movie that i saw oh yeah yeah um anything yeah. that turns I remember, like, as a kid, though, like, anything, like, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, when the Basilisk would turn them into petrified stones or whatever, like, that used to scare me. And then there was this Pokemon episode where Sabrina Mm. made Misty and Brock into dolls for her dollhouse. That scared me, too. So, like, 
as a kid, I always had this thing of like, oh my God, I'm going to get frozen. And you know, it's, it's scary. <laughs> there were many disturbing things that, that were made back then. And they've definitely tapered it back. I would say. Um, and it, it was like PTSD when I watched Frozen at the end when Anna turned into frozen ice. Oh, <laughs> and I know it's not okay. scary, but like all the scary like kitty movies I watched in the 90s were like brought into my mind. Like, That's oh no, she's dead. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, when the, the one animal gets um, gets uh, zapped by Calabar and he goes flying into the theater, my kids yes. were and they were like, he died. He's dead. That thing is dead. I was like, no, no, no. We just probably went back to Halloween Town. Nope, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> Good times. That, but yeah, like they don't. That 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 is one thing about that film, though. It's like that one part. You see how menacing Calabar is, and it just it didn't register to me until I was an adult, where I'm like, he had the power to just wipe these kids out. Like he's straight up shooting these like blasters at marty and stuff who is like 13 yes 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 there was no chill in that at all my mom was like oh maybe you could show the kids hocus pocus i'm like no yeah between the eating children and the hanging nope yeah nope too much but that was our childhood yeah i'm so grateful that they didn't know better back then because that was fun and mike your dad would turn on movies that were like rated r when you guys were kids yeah kg did you ever watch like the crypt keeper like the tv show yeah i've seen some of that stuff my dad my dad thought like the movies and the tv show were like the same thing and the tv show obviously was made for tv but like the movies they had like f-bombs in them nudity (laughs) like gore and he would rent the movies from okina video and pop them on thinking it was like you know pg and they were (laughs) He was he was in for a run for his money. I love Mokina video, man. Rest in peace. Rest in yeah. peace, honey. Just rest in peace to the video rental industry in general. Yeah. Like kids these days will not know what it's like to have a slumber party on a Friday night and have your mom or a mom take you to the video store and like my video store had like tapes, DVDs. Or like the five for five dollars for five nights yeah. deal where, you know, you can just load up on, you know, the classic whatever, like Disney movies or, you know, we used to rent the horror films at night, you know, like um, Darkness Falls and all those movies. And then like they also had like slushies and candy there. It was an experience. And it's like, it makes me so sad. Kids these days will not know what that's like. Yeah, they just open up Netflix and yeah. scroll around for a little bit. Yeah, there is, there's a lot of instant gratification that's good and also hindering to certain experiences. Mm-hmm. But, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I was born in 1990. Right. Same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a good, good decade. Good decade. Uh, but anything else? Like, I'm trying to think what have we've seen this year. Um. I want to see Smile. Me too. That looks, I, Insidious, you know, going back to our previous episode from last year, Insidious is my favorite horror movie in in all. And the part where like the uncomfortable smiles happen in that film, that scares the crap out of me when yes. someone just creepily smiles. Georgie and It, 
and the in the basement he's like staring at Billy and stuff. No, so this movie is completely scary for me, and I feel like if I watch it. I'm like one of those weird people where like I will watch something that I'm like terrified of just so I can like conquer a fear or something. (laughs) I think the best horror movies are the ones that take something that you do in every day and they turn it into a fear like Jaws made you afraid of swimming like smiles making you afraid of people who just smile at you on the street Mm -hmm. like those are the best horror movies. And there was nothing that made me scared of Halloween. I have to tell you I didn't even I know there was that line where she was like oh uh, maybe for him to die, I have to die too. But never once, I don't know, I never once felt nervous about her surviving. Same. I just kind of knew in my gut, based on the way it was going, I was like, she's going to live. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, I really, really appreciate you coming back on. We l- always love having you on. I love being here anytime. All right. And guys, happy Halloween. Remember, you are not too old to go trick-or-treating, so get out there and get some candy. And we will talk to you next time.